This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jennifer McKay. Dr. McKay is the Chief Physician, Chief Medical Information Officer uh, it, it, with Avera Health in South Dakota. She thinks fast, she moves fast, she's smart as can be. Uh, thrilled to get a chance to visit with you today. Dr. McKay, you're a WashU graduate, Northwestern graduate. Uh, you're, you're back home in South Dakota. Tell us about the role of Chief Medical Information Officer and how that role has evolved during COVID-19 and so forth. Give us some of your thoughts about sort of key priorities and what you're seeing today. Um, well, first of all, a little correction. I'm, a, I'm a, an associate uh, chief, which is um, really more of a supporting role. I actually work with another. Um, we actually have two physicians that are very dedicated to informatics in our organization. So we're really, really lucky to do that. Um, but from the perspective of how it's changed, I think, you know, we've had to move really fast and furious with COVID-19. So um, from being able to move our workforce remotely at home for those who could to getting telehealth up and going as fast as we could, uh, I think what we've seen is the expansion of technology as it relates to care delivery in general. And what are you seeing in, in South Dakota is beautiful, partly rural, a whole mix of mid-sized cities and very small towns. How's the broadband look? How has that been for technology? What are you seeing there in terms of telehealth? And are there troubles mm -hmm. because of broadband issues getting better? What's your sense of that? Well, what I would say is South Dakota has actually been quite forward thinking in that area. Um, so because um, of our his history in terms of the banking industry and the trust industry, um, you know, internet technology has actually been a pretty big part of South Dakota infrastructure for a long time. So from the broadband perspective, we're actually well equipped. In fact, Sioux Falls, our biggest city, is probably one of the last ones to get broadband, <laughs> if you can believe that. Um, so from that perspective, we're really um, hardwired to be able to leverage technology for things like telemedicine. So in my organization alone, we actually have telemedicine services as an umbrella over the top of the whole organization. And because we have those services, what we are really able to do is keep patients who normally would have been transferring into our biggest facility, we were able to actually keep them local. Um, and all of that was really due to having that, um, that infrastructure in place. Um, I, I feel bad for people who don't have that because that was really how we got through for the first initial surge. And then, you know, of course, we're seeing a second surge now. How does that second search look right now? How bad, how challenging? What are some observations of what you're saying? Well, some of the observations we're seeing, I think, are pretty similar to what everyone else has seen. Um, one is we're seeing younger people come in, mostly unvaccinated. Uh, the people we're experiencing who are vaccinated, who are coming in, usually have a you know an immunocompromised um, or a, a comorbidity um, associated with it. Um, but I think um, at the end of the day, what we're seeing is people who are a lot sicker, on top of which we had that wave of people whose healthcare was delayed um, during that initial COVID, and we're still playing catch up from that. So now our hospitals are full of not just COVID patients, but they're also full of, of patients who, um, who need healthcare because their, their health got, they got sicker during COVID. Um, so I think what we're experiencing is pretty similar to everywhere else, but we're you know, we've already done it once, so I think we're better prepared this time. And, and let me ask you a question. You could comment on this or not comment on this. I, 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 I watched the governor the other day speak, and she spoke for about 10 minutes. The first several minutes were about 
freedom and anti-mandate. And, and then she spoke, you know, strongly about, of course, you get vaccinated. My family's gotten vaccinated. You should get vaccinated. What do you have to pay her to start her speech with that as well, to get her to start with? Of course, I'm getting vaccinated. Of course, we should all get vaccinated. How do you move the political message to, you know, of course, we should all get vaccinated? And she yeah. says it and she says it clearly. But she plays to some political crowd hard first and then she says it. And, it, and it's fascinating to watch, actually. How do you move people towards vaccination, towards getting rid of the vaccine hesitancy? Well, I think that's a struggle that everyone has right now. Um, what's really apparent is this movement away for, from civil discourse and, and, and really a logical conversation into something that's very emotional. And, you know, what I've tried to really do in my own way is really try to lift up the scientific process. Um, so, for example, we're having a lot of conversations about ivermectin right now. Well, what we know about ivermectin is there are clinical trials happening. There is a scientific process around this, but we can't be going to our veterinarians to get the medication that it's formulated for animals, right? So um, I think where where there is some common ground truly is living by example, um, starting out with the vaccination is important, but also kind of putting putting the trust in the scientific process and maybe throwing it back on to those of us who are really at the bedside and and um, you know helping patients improve and and recover from all this. You you, you grew up in South Dakota, uh, South Dakota medical school, then spent some time at Washington Northwestern. I mean, what a magnificent career! What advice do you give to? A person who wants to have a great career, a remarkable career. What, what advice do you give to a younger person? Like we, we've got it with us, our producer, who's a relatively young person, I, I think, really young person, brilliant young woman, Kate. What advice do you give to a young person having a great career? Well, I think um, you know, be the kind of person your mom raised you to be. Um, do the right thing when it's hard. Work hard, show up, fulfill your promises. Um, I think from my perspective, I, I feel lucky to have been from South Dakota. Um, my, I grew up kind of with a philosophy is South Dakota small enough to do great things and big enough to do great things. So um, what I've found is just sort of living by this philosophy of, um, of just doing what I say I'm going to do um, probably has gotten me farther than almost everything else um, because I certainly didn't have a lot of advantages, um, especially being, because you get underestimated from, when you're from a state like South Dakota. Um, and then I think at the end of the day is don't sell yourself short. Uh, for goodness sakes, um, everything that I've done has been just by showing up, having a good attitude, working hard, um, but also asking deep questions and taking risks when when maybe maybe you don't feel like you you can take one because maybe you're you're not such a you don't think you're such a good candidate um you can get really far with those kinds of things and i see it over and over with medical students coming in the people who are the most successful are really the ones who want to work hard and want to go above and beyond yeah yeah 100 percent. what a what a magnificent concept be the person your mother wanted you to be depends on my mother's mood whether i'm that person or not and what day it is she tells still tells me that and then uh you know i love this concept of big enough to do great things but not so big that you can't do great things and i probably paraphrase mm -hmm. that wrongly but it's this concept of playing in the right size ocean where you could actually have an impact why, why people in a community can have such a big impact 
an outsized impact compared to people trying to play on a world stage of 8 billion people. And so having that impact in a, in a nice community is magnificent. Dr. McKay, what are you most focused on and excited about this year? Um, well, my organization's just getting ready to take a big computer upgrade, so really, really focused on the change management associated with that. I mean, we know technology is one of those things that you can you, you can um, put it in place, but you really do have to look to how your end users are are working and functioning, and and of course, doing that during a time of COVID when our when our caregivers are so exhausted. Um, but from that perspective, I think. What I'm really looking forward to is um, some kind of normalcy uh, following COVID. I greatly desire to go back to the freedom that we had before of not being able to wear a mask and not having to worry. Um, and I think during this time, I've learned to make, you know, just personal choices in terms of what's important. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, but again, it would be nice to be able to get on an airplane or go somewhere and not have to wear a mask on. I think I miss seeing a lot of people's smiles. But hundred uh, percent. The um, it, it, it's so true that this human interaction in person is so critical, on so many levels: motivation, emotion, connectivity, on so many levels. So important, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's a balance. I think you know, if COVID taught us one thing, is one is we need to be able to come together and have difficult conversations and still remain in community. Um, and then I think the other piece is that sometimes you do have to make some sacrifices in order to be able to do the things you want to do. So, um, you know, for me, if I want to go to church or go see my kid at a football game, I got to wear a mask. Um, and I'm going to do that to not just to set an example, but because I also don't want to get sick. Um, so I enjoy that freedom. But at the same time, you know, I miss, like I said, I miss people's faces. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Dr. McKay, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. It's so helpful to hear sort of like a, a, a very thoughtful perspective on a lot of these issues. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you.